Living life on purpose means something different to everybody. It could even mean different things in the different seasons of your life. Today, we will meet such a person. I am chatting with someone bitten by the acting bug as a child, but decided on a career as a teacher before coming back around to her first love. Grab a snack and join me at my favorite local coffee shop, the Hard Bean Cafe in Lumberton, Texas, as we hear her story of coming full circle back to her passion, but always living life on purpose. Hey there, I'm Julie, and you're listening to JJ Life on Purpose, where I invite you to join me on this journey called life, where we learn to redefine ourselves to be the me God intended us to be. You're more than a parent and more than your career. You're more than any other labels you've picked up along the way. If you find yourself searching for your purpose beyond your titles, then you're in the right place. As a self-proclaimed prime major, <laughs> Because I'm not middle-aged. I'm in my prom. I'm choosing joy in this season and the story I'm living. Regardless of our age, we all want to make the most out of our life. So stick around and together we will pursue our passions with purpose and on purpose. Hey, Primagers. Today I'm sitting here enjoying a cup of coffee with Reese Ravencraft. Did I say that right? You did. Awesome. So, Reese, you're an actor. I am. Tell us about that. Um, I'm an actor and it's fun. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I have been on stage pretty much since I was in junior high, and I've been performing since I was in utero, pretty sure. Um, I have a theater degree from McNeese. I started off at Lamar and then ended up at McNeese, and I ended up getting the most incredible training. Um, yeah, and I've done tons and tons of stage locally, commercials locally, and a few years ago I went, you know what? Let's do the thing and I went professional. Wow. Okay, so let's go back to, you've been acting since you were in utero, but you started in junior high. So tell us about that. Um, my school had no theater program. Well, they did, but it didn't start till high school. Mm -hmm. And so um, I did prose and poetry interpretation because that was as close as I could get to acting. Loved it, um, generally one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I did that and then I did that starting in high school, but they had a theater program, and I immediately just, I was like, oh, okay, I'm home. Okay. So what made you gravitate to acting? What made you fall in love with it? Um, I think I, I, had, I had one of those moments as a child when I was like eight or nine. My dad took me to a community theater version of um, Hansel and Gretel, and it was so phenomenally bad. Um, and I remember watching as they had to carry the gingerbread man off stage because she had explosively vomited all oh, over the stage, thinking, huh, yeah, I could totally do this better. And I could, <laughs> it turns out. And I just, I remember thinking, yeah, I want to do that. I, I need to be on that stage and I could totally do that better. I'm sorry, I get a mental image of... <laughs> That's funny. So... It wasn't for her. <laughs> but not, or her mom. <laughs> So, have you always wanted to be a, have you always been a professional actor? or I, I, It's all I've ever wanted in okay. my whole life from the time that I was pretty much eight or nine. Okay. So you said a few years ago you <laughs> took the plunge. I, yeah, what I were you doing to do before professionally. that? Uh, oh my, I've had a journey. Um, I was always told, you know, uh, girls from, from Orange, Texas can't become actors. Right. And the auditions were not here which is one of the wonderful things about everything going self-tape and you know, I can literally audition right now for something in Singapore. It's amazing. Yeah. But um, I'm sorry, I forgot your question. I squirreled. Oh, I, I just said, what did you used to do? 
Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I was told you can't be an actor. So I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to get the theater degree because that's like all I care about. Mm -hmm. And I got the theater degree and I became a theater teacher. Theater English, I have a, a degree in theater and a minor in English. And um, I went and I did that and it was soul sucking. And um, I still loved working with the kids, but like the rest of it was soul sucking. And um, I was miserable. And finally, my husband was just like, okay, yeah, we're not playing with this anymore. And I left. And um, I, I was like, okay, well, gee, if I'm going to be like a housewife, I'm going to be the best housewife ever. And, and until that moment, I did not know how to cook without like fires and screaming and sirens and bad things happening. <laughs> so I, I taught myself how to cook. And as it turned out, I was a really, really good baker. And so that accidentally turned into a business. And it was cool, and it was fun, and I still love cake, and I still love playing with cake, but it still wasn't the thing, you know? Okay. It didn't give me life. Um, so, yeah, I, I did stage and all of that, and then um, a few years ago, I, not accidentally, but shockingly, was cast locally in a short film. And I didn't know that there was anything here, like, mm -hmm. not even close, not even a little. Um, so when I saw um, there was a notice on a uh, community actors page and they said, hey, we're making a short film, we're looking for somebody to play this role. And I was like 10 years too old for it. And I remember looking at it and going about my day and looking at it and going about my day and looking at it. And my husband's like, if you keep looking at that, just do it. And I was like, no, I'm too old. They want somebody young. And he's like, babe, just, just send in. And so I sent in, and it turned out it was somebody that I knew. It was Doug Underwood. And um, we had kind of worked glancingly together with stuff for um, BCP. I even had him come in to see my show when I directed. And um, I think he'd seen other things I had been in. Um, super smart guy, really nice guy. And um, so he's like, yeah, I know you. It's me. It's Doug Underwood. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I know you. I know your brother. He's like, yeah, yeah. And so he gave me a slot to audition. So I came, and I auditioned. And I left. And generally, when you audition for something, if you haven't heard anything in a couple of days mm -hmm. or like a week at the outside, you didn't get it. So mm -hmm. like two weeks go by, and I'm like, oh, I see, I'm too old. <laughs> and then he called, and he's like, yeah, you totally got it. Um, so that was the first oh, film I did. And a cool story about that, um, film and stage are a totally different animal. Yeah. There's a different way to act when you're doing these things. And so um, I got on set and there was this whole new vocabulary. I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't know a sequence of events. Like if you hear this, this is what's gonna happen next. None of that. And I just, I get very intense because I'm very passionate about what I do. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of like hunkered down on set and I just sat there like a creeper staring at everybody <laughs> and learning everybody's job and you know trying to figure out what was in frame and what wasn't and what the phrase was used to talk about was in frame. And I'm staring at people and I'm learning the things and I'm just very intense. And, <laughs> and so Doug finally came and he sat next to me and he's like, um, are you even having fun? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to learn all this stuff. And he's like, oh, okay, good. Um, and I happened to bring cookies that day to the, to the crew. Always a good. Uh, yeah, if I love you, I cook for you. So, or bake, not cook, because I'm still not a great savory chef. But um, he's like, you know I, know, I know you're a good baker. I can tell the cookies are great, but this is what you should be doing. Like, oh, wow. this is what you should be doing. And it was the first time that anybody besides like my husband or my dear, dear friends said, 
no, seriously, this is what you should be doing. And it, it kind of rang true because he wasn't anybody that needed to tell me that. Right. And so I went home and I told my husband, he's like, cool, so um, how much are headshots? We need to go find them, shut down the bakery. That's what we're doing. And my husband has been... Thank you, husband. Yeah, he is... The man is like a human sports bra. He's so supportive, just like all day, every day. That's awesome. Yeah, he is. That is awesome. And for somebody of the caliber of Doug Underwood, because Mm -hmm. we're local, and so I know who that is, um, for him to validate you like that, I bet was just... Yeah. Just awesome to yeah. you. And I had a lot of respect for him, just like as a person, because he's just so intelligent. And, you know, he'd come and he reviewed the, the play that I um, directed at BCP. And he's like, okay, well, you know, this and that. And he could say it in terms that I understood mm-hmm. as an artist. And it just, it tells you how much he knows about what he's talking about. Yeah. And he's just a super nice guy. Oh, that's, that's awesome. It's so funny that we've not met before yeah. today with all of the people that we have in common. And so, that being said, explain to people why we haven't met until today. Um, actually, we were supposed to have met. I was actually cast as Marley in the first step. And um, I also had been cast, um, I think beforehand, in another film. And initially it wasn't supposed to be a problem because we had shooting dates for this and we had shooting dates for that and they did not coincide. And then the shooting dates for this change and the shooting dates for that change and then everything changed and it changed and it changed and all of a sudden they collided yeah. and I had to go to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it wasn't fun, it was a blast, I had you a great had time. You had to go to New York. But I had to go to New York. And can you tell us about that project or is it still? Um, it is, you know, honestly, I don't even know if it's completely wrapped yet, but I know it's super, super close. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of issues getting some um, costuming things taken care of. Um, but it was called Reset, and um, I know he wanted to get it out very quickly, and I know he's already edited a lot. Um, so I'm hoping to see that one out soon. It's a sci-fi kind okay. of thing. And will it be in theaters? Is oh, it going to no, be released? No. To... It, um, it will be in film festivals first, I okay. know, because there was a specific film festival that he was really aiming for mm-hmm. that he wanted to hit. And I really kind of hope so, too, because then I get to go see it. Yes. And that would be fun, because I have no idea how it turned out. No well, idea. Oh, that's awesome. And so the first step is the movie that my husband Jerry right. directed. And it's coming out on August 26th, mm-hmm. which is coming up soon. So maybe they'll, they won't be competing against each other, but maybe they'll so be in some totally festivals together. Ends of the country. That would be, yeah. that would be awesome. that one's a feature as well. So. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be, that would be great. So, talking about the first step, yet another person that we have in common, Mm -hmm. I understand the gentleman that wrote the um, script for the first step is Brandon Newman, and tell us how you know Brandon Newman. Brandon's one of my babies. (laughs) He's one of my little babies. And, oh God, I'm old. Okay, um, yeah, no, um, I taught in Sabine Pass. Um, a while ago, and Brandon was one of my absolute favorite students. Wow. That kid, he's not a kid anymore, he's a grown man, but you know, he, baby. He's, yeah, he's a baby to me. Um, the, the building that we had the theater in um, was different from the building that school was in, and so, you know, we had to kind of go there, and the, the powers that be at that school had decided that we were not allowed to rehearse until like nighttime. 
because that's when it was convenient to all the sports people. So that meant I was stuck in sipping pass until the middle of the night, and Brandon didn't like it. I mean, he was like 17 years old. He was right. a kid, yep. but he didn't like it, and he didn't like that I had to drive home in the dark. And he would stay in that that theater even if I had to stay and clean up things or you know uh, reset things for the next day's rehearsal or whatever. And he refused to leave until I was in my car and going. Aww. Like that's the kind of person wow. that he is, and I just loved him so much. He, and it was really funny. Like he could make fun of himself, and he did all all kinds of just goofy stuff in class. And he was just the greatest kid. I just loved him. Oh, that's awesome. Well, mm -hmm. I have not met Brandon either. We've done a lot of phone calls back and forth. He's a sweetheart. But we've not met. And I'm looking forward to, to the red carpet when we get to meet all of these people. I'm so excited to be sitting down with you, though. I mean, because... Because I'm Sasquatch? <laughs> yeah, you do exist. Does she exist? <laughs> she does exist. That's funny. Um, so... You've been talking about baking. So... Mm -hmm. When did you start baking? How did you know that you were good at that? Or um, When I left teaching, um, I had to teach myself how to bake because I wanted to, I mean, I really kind of felt terrible that I, I didn't have a job. I'd had a job for forever. I worked really hard and then it was just like, oh, I'm useless. I'm home. I'm like doing laundry. What, what, what am I doing with my life? So um, I decided to be the best housewife I could possibly be, and I um, started teaching myself how to bake. And I went from, you know, forgetting flour and making brownie soup <laughs> to making multi-tiered cakes with, like, um, I don't know, like, ganache toppings and fondant embellishes and just, like, all the cool things. Wow. And I can make curd from scratch, and it's amazing. Okay, so Unfortunately, because I eat it. Now I know I can't speak... <laughs> Because you're an English teacher, we can't talk about baking because I can bake bread. And well, I keep hearing about your banana, um, what is it, Bananas Foster mm. bread, and Bananas Foster is my favorite dessert. I do not see any bread before me, madam. Well, you know, we're in a coffee shop. I didn't want to bring anything. First of all, I didn't want to bring anything to a coffee shop. Yeah. To a coffee shop, and then I'm a little intimidated by you, Reese. I'm not going to lie with the ganache and the. <laughs> And the curd and you know, all of that. I mean, of those generally, if it has sugar in it, I'm happy. So, you're one of those people, as I am, that because with baking, you have to follow the recipe pretty mm -hmm. much to a T. Yeah. I mean, if you're one teaspoon off, you can yeah. turn chocolate soup. Right, exactly. Yeah. Where flour is my, important. Did you know that? that flour is very important. <laughs> I, and the right kind of flour yes. as well. Yes. Uh, my husband, on the other hand, cooks. And he's a savory cook, but he doesn't make the same thing, taste the same thing mm. twice, same way twice, because it's a little bit of this and mm -hmm. a little bit of that, and we'll sit down to eat, and it's delicious, and he goes to make it again, and it's still delicious, but it doesn't taste, no, he can't, he cannot bake. So, I found that odd that yeah. you're, you're either one or the other. Yeah. Okay, so. My husband's the same way. He's a, he's a savory cook. So, I got into baking um, during covid um, yeah. I'm an emergency room nurse, and that was my, I tried I tried gardening like so many did. Mm -mm, I killed everything. Um, so I got into baking quite by accident, but that's another story. So that's what I did on purpose, you know, to, to keep my, yes, exactly. So how, how do you live life on purpose? How do you find time to do things on purpose with your husband, um, just intentional living, I guess, with all the busy things that you do. 
Um, in, in regard to my husband, um, we just always, like, I'll always put him first, and he always puts me first, and that way everybody's getting their needs met. Right in a really balanced and, and lovely way, you know, except for like when I want to kill him. But you know, that's marriage. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he has those moments, maybe, about me. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm hard to deal with, so I'm sure that, you know, he, he should be like approaching saintly right now, because um, he hasn't strangled the life out of me yet. So. I'm married to one of those, so yeah. I understand. Yeah. And so, um, putting him first, he puts you first. So intentionally, you meet each other's needs. Mm -hmm. And then life is so much better because of that. And I happen to know that you just celebrated 25 years. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah, we went to Disney World, and I made, or I had made from Etsy, these glow-in-the-dark 25th wedding anniversary ears. So, like, everybody was giving us free food, and I was down with that. Absolutely. Wow. It was great. Okay, so Disney. Mm -hmm. Favorite character? Tinkerbell. Why? She's adorable and she has an attitude. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Especially like the cartoon uh, Tinkerbell mm -hmm. or Julia Roberts Tinkerbell. Oh, the cartoon. cartoon. Please don't get me started on the Julia Roberts Tinkerbell. I'm, I'm Hard pass on that. I, I'm finding that about a lot of the um, live you know, take me mm, back to yeah. the take mm -hmm. me back to the OG or it's the like, original. Um, dear Disney, you're being lazy. <laughs> Yeah, I like Please that. Please come up lazy. with new stories. For sure, for sure. Okay, so you're an actor. Mm -hmm. During COVID, you couldn't act. Actually, I could. You could. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, the first, granted, the first few months, like the first like six months, nothing was nothing, nothing. was going on, mm -hmm. which was extra frustrating because I had just in the like two years before, not even two years, like one year. No, not even one year. Good grief! It was like just a few months. I had just gotten to understand that most things were done with self-tape and I could be an actor in this market mm -hmm. professionally today. Um, and man, I keep losing my train of thought. I keep squirreling. Um, you were acting during COVID. Yes. So I had lined up kind of possible jobs before COVID and I had several things that were kind of going and I was getting this momentum and I was so excited about it. And then COVID. And I'd get an email. Oh, well, at this time, we can't continue with production because, oh, by the way, did you know there's a global pandemic? We need to stop. <laughs> so, like, no, I, I lost noticed. all these jobs, one of which was a lead in a feature, which I had never had before and I had been super excited about. And I was just like, no! And that film never, ever got made. Um, but then I had submitted for something, um, and that was Cure Game. I had submitted for it like months before, and I think they had gone through and hired um, other actors, and um, they needed to start over, and they were doing, I think it initially it was supposed to be SAG, and they had done waivers. Because, you know, people needed to work, and people mm -hmm. were trying to get the world going again, mm -hmm. and so um, we were supposed to go do that, and then um, he just, SAG was like, oh, you have to have COVID tests, like every five seconds, if you breathe, you need to have a COVID test. So. Um, we switched to non-union, and um, yeah, like, I think it was August, I was flying to New York. I even, I remember just vividly being so nervous because I had to fill up paperwork with the airport to be allowed to fly. 
wow. because they still had like things when we were flying from state to state. Mm -hmm. They wanted to kind of know who was there mm -hmm. and you know what are you doing and are you sick? Yeah. That kind of thing. So yeah. I remember it was kind of it was very scary just like mm -hmm. sitting in the airport filling out this paperwork just like oh this is kind of weird. Yeah. I almost felt third world country ish. It did. Yeah. It did. It felt like military state. It was very freaky. Yeah. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah. So you were flying to New York. Were you um, were you able to do any like voiceovers? Any um, I know. I talked to a friend of a mutual friend of ours, uh, Joe. She did a, actually did a Broadway show via everybody was on a Zoom. You know, what? everybody had on headsets and they were singing and you know. That's so did awesome. anything like that happen? Um, I um, there was a screenplay writer out of California that was, he spent the uh, pandemic writing a new play. And so he hired me to do a read through of it so he could workshop it and see exactly what it really sounded like with actual humans saying the words mm -hmm. so that he could make changes and stuff like that. So I did do that and that was really cool because um, it, it was a screenplay writer that has done things that are big and are, they're notable. That people so would recognize like, in the industry. Oh, okay. Nice. So that was really neat. Nice, okay, so what was your favorite role that you've played so far? Stage or film? Um, let's start with stage. Um, Becca in Rabbit Hole. Wow. It was an all-around great experience. Okay. The, I loved the director. I loved the people I was working with. Um, it, was, it was a cast that if something happened, they were all seasoned enough to be able to save you. If, you know, because like I remember one scene, it's the scene at the beginning when I had, uh, I'm talking to my sister, and she had opened the refrigerator door and she had been putting a big thing of water into it and she knocked the water and it went everywhere. And so I just got up, I took it out of her hand and I'm supposed to be annoyed with her anyway. I was like, Sigh. I put it in the fridge, shut it, and said, don't worry about it, I'll clean it up later. And then we just went on with the scene. Right. Now I've done just a smidge of um, local theater and that's so much fun. It's, that, that's stuff that usually happens on purpose on, on the last night, you know. You replace the iced tea with vodka or, you know, somebody does, uh, you know, a, a pratfall that they're not supposed to do. But that actually happened. And yeah, you, it was an and, accident, yeah. Well, uh, we went and saw a play that uh, Chad Ia Peterson uh, was in and there was a scene that my husband and I thought was actually in the scene and later on we we found out that they were improv like a lot of that scene so it's just then that's the that's the beauty of working with seasoned people I am not that person I would mm -hmm. look at you with the deer, deer in the headlights yeah. exactly I've seen that before <laughs> so that would be me that's why I don't do much but I love love watching stage so I saw you you mentioned earlier that Doug had come to see you when you directed mm -hmm. what did you direct and was it at Beaumont Community Players? It was Players? it okay. was I directed God of Carnage and I just wanted other people's opinions um opinions of people that I trusted right right not somebody that'd be like I don't know it's just it's I don't know there's people on the stage and um mm -hmm. it's kind of orange like what is that you know, I, I yeah. <laughs> one of the people that knew what they were talking about. I don't like about. pink, but I can't tell you <laughs> yeah. why. Yeah. Like, why is her costume green? Mm -hmm. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he came and he watched it for me and he broke down some notes. And it was perfect because um, there were just like, I think, three people I asked to come watch. And each of them had very constructive notes. Nice. That were very actionable and made sense. That's, that's, all, that's always so helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm and glad I still you... love that play. It's a great play. I've never heard of that play. So. It's brilliant. It's um, 
there's a film, I think it's called Carnage, um, and it has an all-star cast, but there's four people involved, and it's two parents, and they're there to discuss the fact that their, their children, their two boys, got in a schoolyard fight, and one of them hit the other in the mouth with a stick, and it broke his tooth. Uh. And you very soon learn where the problem is. It's not really the kids. Uh, yeah, everything kind of devolves. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah. that's, I'm going to have to look that up. That yeah, sounds good. That sounds great. Okay, so your favorite role was Becca in the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. um, so can you tell us a funny story about, what, what's your funniest memory of a, of a set story? funny it's just wild um, and I was in high school um, we had a set inside of a set so like you have the regular stage but the director had made a small stage to put on the stage to do like um, very clearly I'm telling a fairy tale or I'm telling a story and it was, right. it was a very creative choice and so we had this this kind of small stage set very far downstage and Everything in the back is dark, right? You can't see anything backstage. Mm -hmm. um, usually you're going by glow tape and how well you know that, that you know, stage. <sighs> Apparently we had a dining room table um, that was supposed to be used in a later scene and one of the legs had broken off. So they had flipped it upside down so oh, that no. somebody could go get Gorilla Glue and glue the leg back on as quickly as possible. Well, I had a scene where I exited stage right, but I had to start stage left. So I had to go completely backstage, through the wings, around the back, all the way around, and come back on stage left. Mm -hmm. Nobody told me about the table. Oh, no. And I was going at breakneck speed. Mm -hmm. So I went flying over the table and made the most delicate and ladylike of <sighs> noises when I landed had so much adrenaline pumping I had no idea if I'd hurt myself or not crawled a few steps got back on stage well my leg started feeling really weird um, I had sliced open my leg oh, on the no. side <laughs> so no. I spent the rest of the the, um, the show holding my skirt you know like a lady from the 1800s would mm -hmm. hold her skirt because it was ripped open and just kind of hobbling like oh everything's fine <laughs> bleeding at all it's great that's, that's the show must go on yeah. and break a leg all at the yeah. same time yeah almost did that's yeah. funny yeah. That, yeah and then people came backstage at, um, after the show and they're like what was that horrible noise what was happening and I was just like oh I'm dying it's fine it's don't worry about it stitches it's okay yeah. so okay so now let's flip what was your favorite role in 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 film uh that's hard because I like different roles for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm trying to filter through them in my head. Uh, okay, we'll come, well, let's come back to that one. Okay. What is your, you've, you've worked in so many different genres mm -hmm. in film. What's your favorite genre? Sci-fi. Sci-fi, for sci real? Sci-fi, I love it. Because I love world building and mm -hmm. I love, you know, you're literally making the impossible, but it's normal in that world. Okay. Love it. Okay. So, a little birdie told me, uh, that's funny, a little birdie told me there's a, there's a short maybe coming out soon. There should be several. Um, the one about a bird? Can you, can you talk uh, about that one? Can you not talk about that one? Bird. 
no, that's that's not coming out. Oh. Yeah, no, it's, um, we started shooting that in 2019. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, with the, the heat here, we had all kinds of weather issues because most of it takes place outside. So mm -hmm. we didn't get to finish it. And they had to order an extra, um, I don't know if it was a camera, it was something they had to order. It took like eight months to come in. And by then, you know, everybody was on different schedules right. and, you know, people start to look different and yeah, we couldn't finish it. Uh -huh. so, okay. Yeah. You like sci-fi. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite, what's your favorite sci-fi movie that you've been in? Whether it be local, let's, let's start local. Um, well, I don't think I've done a sci-fi one locally. I love it when our director starts making I know. faces. I'm like, wait, did I speak wrong? Because I forget. You've Squirrel been in so what? many. Oh, he's hearing. Um, uh, you, uh, you've been in so many. So, well, not really, but um, uh, I, I think the sci-fi, like hardcore sci-fi ones I've done, are all in New York. Okay. And that was Cure Game, and I just finished Reset. Reset. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that is my favorite genre. So, do you have a favorite? or a funny set story on movies? Um, but, but my favorite thing about like when you're filming, uh, you're doing something, it's very peculiar. You know, sometimes you're covered in fake blood and you're just like wandering. Um, I was doing Cure Game and um, I was coated from head to toe in fake blood. I had been rolling around. I had literally been rolling down hills all day. I was scraped up. I was battered, covered in straw that was stuck to the fake blood. I mean, I looked like I had been through something seriously traumatic. And production dropped us off at the hotel that night. And I walked in like that because, like, there was no place to go shower. And everybody started freaking out. Like, the lady at the front desk is ready to call 911. I'm like, it's fake, it's fake, it's fine, it's fine. And they're all just, like, aghast and staring That's at me so the funny. whole time. I'm making my way through the lobby to the elevator. And I'm just like, I'm cool, it's fine. It's not my blood. It's, and it's cool. this was New York? It, was it New York City? No, it was, oh, gosh, um, Binghamton. It was okay. Binghamton, New York. I was thinking, if you yeah. if you raised eyebrows in New York City, you must yeah. have really been a sight. For real. But, like, they um, they had shut down a street um, in, in Binghamton proper, because like half of it was shot in Pennsylvania and then half of it was shot in Binghamton. Um, but they had, they had like um, blocked off the street, but I don't know if like um, the people that were supposed to be watching that just went away. I don't know what happened, but like people were randomly making their way down the street with their cameras and they're clicking pictures like, who are you? <laughs> Can we take a picture together? I know people like that. And I thought the director, I thought his head was going to explode. He was just like, That's and we'd so be mid-scene, and somebody would be like, click. That's really, really funny. I mean, I, I know people like that. Uh, are you famous? Can I have your autograph? Yeah, no, I, mean, I am nobody. <laughs> like, I am nobody's nobody. <laughs> take my autograph, though, because I will be famous one day. That's funny. Okay, so, Reese. I am so excited that I've gotten to meet you and sit down and talk to you. I hate it so bad. Like, and if you're watching or listening to this podcast, we love you and you did great as Marley. I'm so sad that you weren't able to be with us on set. So you mentioned SAG several times and right now we're in the middle of a, a SAG strike. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be over before the podcast comes out. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that this is, does that affect you or does it not? It does and it doesn't. Um, it does because opportunities are really shut down right now. Mm -hmm. 
and I really want to make a move towards SAG projects sure. rather than non-union because they're just physically safer. Mm -hmm. Ish. Ish. I mean, right. terrible yeah. things happen on those sets too. <laughs> right. But there, there are rules. You know, there are you know people. You can tell if it's on the up and up. You, you don't have to be afraid yeah. or kind of like freaking out anytime you walk on a set about right. what you're going to find when you get there. Yeah. For example, no food, no water in 90 degree heat, or you know, no bathrooms, or you know, all of that. So sure. um, I, I want to move into SAG, and right now there are no auditions for anything SAG. Right. Yeah. So I'm kind of just here. Yeah. <laughs> and there are non-union auditions, um, but even those right now are just kind of few and far between. Yeah. And I would also imagine, especially if you're wanting to move toward a SAG um, <coughs> area, arena, that Jerry and I talked about this yesterday, that you want to be careful as to not appear that you're siding with the wrong side you know, if you're wanting to be a SAG actor, then you kind of want to support the yeah, SAG you actors, yeah. you know. and they're fighting for some really important yeah. issues right now, and I'm fully supportive. Exactly. I was, I was about to say, um, for anybody that doesn't know, um, please do your research before you just believe anything that's out there, you know, that do your research on why the um, SAG after has actually shut down and do your whatever you want to believe you can believe, you know, I'm not here to tell you, but make sure you're doing your research for yourself. Yeah. And that's with anything. That's with politics, religion, you know, any, any rights, fill in the blank, but just do your own research. And I, I feel like you'll side, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going to side with the right side, yeah. whichever that may be. I'm, I'm not getting into it, but um, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely, you know, we're, we're in the directing business and you know, I, I can, I can see, you know, the safe, the safety, the, mm -hmm. what pay. you were talking, the, the pay, exactly, mm -hmm. the uh, security mm -hmm. of, um, you know, the AI thing that's, that's happening, yep. you know, the, I'll pay you for a day and, and I can use you, yep. your likeness forever. And do anything with it. Exactly. Something and, that could be deeply offensive and you don't want your face you, on that. Exactly. And so, yes, I, I completely understand and completely agree. I, um, my, my podcast is actually called uh, JJ Life on Purpose, the JJ means just Julie. But Life on Purpose means something different for everybody. And, um... You know, I've interviewed the, the women of the first step, um, Joe and Lakin. Lakin wasn't able to be there. Uh, Joe and um, Carly and a bunch of the other uh, ladies. And so I appreciate you sitting down with me and talking to me about your, you know, your passion, what you like to do, how you do life on purpose, how you and your husband do life on purpose, how he's so supportive. I love that. I He's just love how he, supportive he is. Is he going to be with you, and are you planning on coming to the red carpet? Um, actually, the um, I, I'm kind of already double booked. I have... Um, well, let me guess. You're going to be in New York. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you be in New York. We'll, we'll have a private screening that's, just for you. That's when the film festival that that particular director really wants to be in okay. is, and he's hoping to make that, that festival. Oh, so well. 
we will understand again. <laughs> I promise you, we are going to, now that we know that you do exist, you are not Sasquatch, you do exist. Um, we have coined a couple of your phrases that you don't even remember. Um, I was like, oh. One of them we're writing a movie about, uh, wrapped so around that, and um, that's a secret right now. Uh, but, so thank you. And um, we are going to have you on our set. We love some of the things, the the one that we were talking about, the the big birdie actually is the one that told me that that you were uh, going to be uh, releasing. Um, that one is hilarious. We've actually seen a little bit of it, and it's so strange and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, is this serious? Is this funny? What is it supposed to be? <laughs> what is this supposed to be? What am I watching? <laughs> Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that comes out so people can understand the reference when we talk about it. But um, anyway, thank you for sitting down with me. Keep your phone handy because we will be calling you. Uh, excuse me, we will go through your producer and um, get you on our set soon. And um, I've enjoyed sitting down and talking to you. Thank you so much. Too. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really glad you joined me for today's episode. If you heard something that spoke to you, please take a second and share this podcast across the social media platforms. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at JJ Life on Purpose so we can stay connected. Until next time, remember, you always have a choice, so choose joy.